Hello everyone, welcome back to Just One More Opinion. I'm your host, Charlie, and this is the first episode of my brand new Late to the Party series, where I shall go on a bit of a retrospective into some of the best fan-favorite classics that I have painfully missed or skipped for a long time, but I have finally found a time to go and watch them. Today, the topic is the BAFTA-winning gangster family epic known as the Peaky Freaking Blinders. I started season one on Halloween, actually, and this week I have finally finished the show. It's season five, and I am really excited for the next two seasons. So, I decided to do an episode on this TV show, share my thoughts on each storyline and the characters, as well as I give um, a quick ranking of the five seasons at the end. Also, just be aware that some of the topics that the show addresses are not intended for younger audiences, so listener discretion is advised. Let's begin! Okie dokie, guys. First, let me say that for the past two or three years, I've been recommended this show by my friends at university. And every time I did, I just replied with, eh, it's on the list. Well, finally now, Peaky Blinders is off the list as I have caught up with all five seasons, all 30 episodes in the last couple of months. And it's so in the company of my parents and brother who all wanted to watch the TV show as well. Beware of some spoilers along this episode. I'm going to try my best not to reveal... No, I'll, yeah, I'll probably reveal t too much. Uh, so yeah, just beware of spoilers if you haven't watched the show. Just pause this episode and go watch it and come back later if you want. So yeah, for the most part, Peaky Blinders is a phenomenal show tackling the enterprise that Tommy Shelby and his gangster family have created and expanded. And we get to see how strategy plays a vital role in 20th century England as conflict rises from each of its corners. The cinematography is breathtaking. Nearly all the shots in each episode were directed beautifully and the acting is just superb, especially from Thomas Shelby himself, played by Killian Murphy. Really gives everyone a free lesson in screen acting as he plays the criminal mastermind with such commitment and emotion. Paul Anderson as the brother Arthur, Finn Cole as the cousin Michael and Helen McCrory as Aunt Polly are also some of the standout roles, in my opinion, for their for the intensity and serenity and authority that they bring to the show, which allows it to have more color uh, in a rather bleak, grey 1920s Birmingham and London. Overall, I was fascinated by how the show was unapologetic about killing off characters we've come to love um, or tolerate, uh, by also how the show focused on the mental stability or instability of some of its main characters, and just by how simple and yet stunning some scenes were, where we'd have little action, low stakes, but a lot of content and depth brought out by the, the dialogue, which was written in a delicate way to simulate real 
common conversations with fantastic uncomic topics of conversation like i don't know eliminating an officer uh, smuggling opium uh, rigging a horse race so yeah to me the best things about peaky blinders are its direction the casting the character depths and the dialogue which tips the scales and leans more into a show about family rather than a show about gangsters and i think yeah that really is what peaky freaking blinders is at the end of the day moving on i'd like to talk about characters their arcs and their personalities i'm gonna start off with the main guy thomas shelby a world war one sergeant major turned gang leader who guides the peaky blinders from a criminal criminal organization to a successful legal business <laughs> business a uh, business with peaky affairs on the side of course many have compared thomas shelby to walter white from breaking bad due to their similar way of um, strategizing and compromising in the blink of an eye and while to some degree i do see the resemblance they do share that same character trait but white is more of um an impromptu tactician and Tommy more of a master planner with nearly all of his schemes coming to fruition but but Tommy as this as this architect is not nearly as interesting as Tommy the man someone who suffers daily from the weight on his shoulders and the nightmares in his head as the bloody vicious memories of the great war torment his his daily life and degrade his well-being his unwavering desire to move his family up in the world and leave them with the best of life it really drives the story forward and rules over his day-to-day -day activities he gets little time off from planning organizing and turning the wheels of the game in the peaky blinders favor in fact in this one episode we see him take a much needed break from the criminal life and all its endeavors and Tommy just becomes stressed out flinching at the thought of his inactivity while the world keeps on spinning and more opportunities come with its tides in a way Tommy is the peaky blinders and the peaky blinders is Tom he spends most of his time thinking about his business and his role in society then his position in the family as the patriarch as someone whose job is to protect their kin from harm's way and unfortunately harm does come and the shelby family does suffer grandly because of tommy's professional choices his later role as a father is also sidelined when he takes on the very public responsibility of member of parliament and with it more dangerous opportunities to move up but i'm getting ahead of myself in regards to the story um i just think yeah tommy is a very complex character who you might love or hate from what he does or is because he doesn't align with what you believe is right or wrong um but either way killian murphy just plays him as a deeply flawed human a mentally worn out tunneler with some very ambitious goals and some very hazardous business relationships so even though we might not like tommy we might still respect him and empathize with his struggle and emotional burden 
And that's what makes, in my opinion, Tommy such a great cinematic character. Now let's look at Arthur Shelby, a hot-headed, tough-skinned brawler who keeps his emotions and whiskey close to the chest, which makes him, which makes his, his, his more vulnerable moments that much more impactful. You see this man become more broken and lost as the seasons go. You see him make the same mistakes over and over. You see his rage building up and his trouble at keeping his head cool and steady fading away slowly. Arthur is another very complex character for different reasons. And you can, you can perhaps empathize more with him than with his brother Tommy even though you might not really want him around anyway, because he is the most volatile Shelby uh, family member. And even might punch you into an early grave if he had a bad day. Sometimes that happens. Arthur is also the, the only consistent character that can make us laugh with his interactions, his demeanor, and with his every line, especially if it contains his favorite word, which starts with an F. That's right, fondue. He loves it. With each season, you see him struggle with something that is very human, but taken to an extreme level, as marriage issues and alcoholism rise and control his life, leading him to bad choices and horrible, irreversible mistakes that haunt him to this very day. When I look at Arthur, I, I see an, an adult who doesn't fit in, who doesn't see himself as an adult, someone who believes he's only good as a criminal enforcer, a soldier, and being a peaky blinder sometimes is what defines him. He, he, he follows his brother's orders and recommendations, sometimes even if it hurts his other important close relationships. And I cannot help but see in Arthur um, a mad dog who knows he needs to be on a leash because if he isn't, he'll screw up again. And that this turmoil inside um, Paul Anderson's character, wanting to be a decent man and a good husband or remaining this primitive beast, always looking for a fight, always cleaning up the messes he didn't make. That is what's so interesting about Arthur, this never ending internal battle. I, I cannot agree with or respect his decisions. But again, I, I sympathize with the man because he is losing a daily war against himself and the collateral damage is too big for his guilty conscience. That's what's so enticing about Arthur. Now let's talk about Aunt Polly, the matriarch of the Shelby family and in many ways the most important member of the company as she keeps her nephew Tommy in check and steer, steers him in the right direction most of the times when he cannot see the way. At least in the early seasons, that was her primary role as a protector and a facilitator. Polly is a very determined, strong woman who doesn't back off from a verbal skirmish, nor does she remain silent when she has something to say. When she is reunited with her son, Michael, uh, we do get to see more of Polly the mother and less of Polly the picky blinder. And that was an interesting plot point that proved vital for the creation of later 
season storylines. And when you see the issues she has with Tommy's management of the family business, you assume there is going to be some major internal conflict. And in two or three episodes, there is a thread that kind of confirms that. But at the end, you find out Polly was still in Tommy's corner and this idealistic fight between both uh, people suddenly stopped, which I found personally a waste. Really, just really disappointing. I just really enjoy these family disputes about morals and decisions, something they will definitely tackle in season six, um, which might get released this year or the next. Uh, but I am hoping for more... I was hoping for more of a Polly v. Tommy intellectual battle in one of the later seasons. And the way they wrapped up her discontent towards her nephew was, in my opinion, yeah, a bit of a disappointment, I guess. Nevertheless, Aunt Polly is one of the most important characters in the show. Her character arc is always given some extra layers here and there which allows her to stay fresh and interesting without falling uh, to the protector role that often. What I'm hoping for is a deep dive into her life before season one, before um, she was a Peaky Blinder, or at least some indication as to how she was or what she did or what she feels about it now, as season six puts the, f the entire family in danger and maybe puts everything they've done everything they endured and didn't need to into perspective for Polly. I don't know, that last episode of season 5 was a, a doozy. And Polly will undoubtedly feel the impact of those last few minutes as we get into the next season. Okay guys, I don't think I should get into the rest of the cast and characters because the episode would be too long if it did. I'll mention a few as I go. Um, this episode is going to be already too long, but anyway. So let's just start discussing each season and their main plot lines. Once again, expect, expect some spoilers. If you haven't watched the show, I suggest you pause this and come back when you have, because I'm going to mention some very important story details and developments. So yeah. You're still here? Oh, good. Then let's go, starting with season one. The first season of Peaky Blinders introduces us to the family and sets up their present goals. Tommy, Arthur and Pod Polly, I've mentioned, but um, brothers John and Finn and sister Ada are also part of the Shelby family. While Finn is still a kid and Ada wants no part in the family business in the beginning, John has a key role in maintaining the gang's status and helping his brothers reach new heights. The Shelbys want to return to turn their illegal enterprise of horse racing betting legal. So they join another gangster, Billy Kimber, who ran most of the legal tracks outside of London and led the Birmingham Boys faction as well. There is some tension be between Kimber and the Peaky Blinders as the latter is looking to expand, but the former is very much on the way. And meanwhile, Chief Inspector Chester Campbell looks into the Peaky business and develops a vendetta against the Shelby family and especially Tommy. Uh, we'll find out soon why. 
very soon because I'm not going to talk about each season that in that much detail. Um, so as a way to get intel on the family, Campbell places a spy in the garrison pub where some of the Peaky Blinder business happens to learn about Tommy Shelby's weaknesses. That undercover agent was named Grace Burgess and she developed a, an intimate relationship with Tommy as the season went on and as they got to know each other better which in turn damaged her allegiance to Campbell, who fell for her too. Hmm? And to the agency, of course. So this first season works as like um, a triple threat match, really, or even a handicap two-on-one, as Tommy and his family are fighting against both, both Billy Kimber and Inspector Campbell, trying to get into one's business and hiding their business from the police as the inspector gets closer and closer to finding out more about the illegal activities that the Peaky Blinders do. The last episode ends with an imminent gang war as Campbell informed Billy Kimber of Tommy's intentions to double-cross him and the Peaky Blinders and the Birmingham boys face off in a quiet street where no police would intervene by the inspector's orders so that Hopefully, both factions could get rid of, them, of themselves in a classic two birds, one stone plan. Well, that stone backfires on Campbell as Tommy is able to perman permanently get rid of Kimber and his ego and overthrow his business in the horse track uh, world. Season 1 ends with a heartbroken Campbell confronting Grace with a gun, but getting shot himself by the spy, who then leaves for America. That's how the season ends. So let's move on. A limping Campbell is still trying to find ways to take out the Peaky Blinders in the second season, who have been profiting from now a legal horse track business. And they are looking to expand once more, this time to London, where Darby Sabini is king of the racecourse gangs. As a British-Italian gang leader, Sabini poses a threat to Tommy and his family, who need to join forces with another big figure in order to beat the crime boss. So, enter Alfie Solomons, played by Tom Hardy. Alfie is a very violent and unpredictable Jewish gang leader, always with an agenda of his own and quick on backstabbing his allies. He is a master negotiator and his new allegiance to Tommy will prove to be rather fickle along the years. Meanwhile, Grace is married to another man in America but still sends Tommy some letters and shows concern about his well-being as well as apparently some loving feelings for the man who changed her loyalties in the first season. Also, Polly is reunited with her long-lost son, Michael, who she thought had died, and after a 17-year-old uh, Michael gets a taste of that urban Birmingham life, he plans on staying with his biological mother and his cousins, join the Peaky Blinders, and leave his adoptive mother, his adoptive family, in the countryside where he had lived for more than a decade. So, okay, quick side note. 
I don't know why they made uh, Michael feel so distant from his adoptive mother and dad and I believe brother who protected and looked after him and loved him for, I believe, half his life now. His foster mom, Rosemary Johnson, only appears a second time in season four for a single episode, so it's assumed that he doesn't stay he doesn't even stay in touch with his with his previous life. Or even like, yeah, like at all. I don't know. Um which is somewhat sad, kind of surprising to see this young man disregard these people he had considered family for years and years just because his real family is much more interesting and exciting than the village family he had i i don't know maybe i'm nitpicking but i think it kind of hurt the character to make the to make him this ungrateful for the life he had after being taken away from polly and before uh, getting back to his mother's arms. Anyway, uh, moving on. Season 2 once again deals with different factions and more storylines than its predecessor. The Peaky Blinders and Solomons are in war with Sabini and his men. Campbell uses Tommy as an assassin with an agenda of his own to betray him later when he sees fit. And Polly, reunited with her son, struggles to comprehend his desire to become a picky freaking blinder because it's very dangerous for a kid to enter that world. All in all, this is a rather fun season, but um, Sabini wasn't as high of a threat as he should have been, um, in my opinion, and Campbell's fixation over wanting Thomas Shelby gone is really what drives this, the season's plot forward as we see this authority figure abusing his position to quench his thirst for vengeance. However, it's poison. He tastes when Polly has enough of the old fool and shoots him in the heart. Yay. As the Peaky Blinders get a hold of Sabini and his men and burn their race course licenses, therefore ensuring that their business can successfully expand, Thomas is kidnapped by three men who take him to an abandoned field by the order of Inspector Campbell and on the verge of being shot in the head, Tommy is saved by one of the three men who tells him that Winston Churchill himself will want to do business with a family man in the future and the season ends with that as well as with Grace getting back together with Tommy, leaving her husband behind and starting a new life together amongst the Peaky Blinders. And that's really what happens in season two. In the third season, Tommy gets finally married to Grace, who has given birth to a boy, Charles, and the Peaky Blinders are contacted by the Russians to start some new business. Father John Hughes is the main antagonist of the season, as he is sort of... Um, double agent working for the British Crown and reporting to the communist Russians and he quickly becomes a great threat to Tommy and his family, his old and new family, as he is obligated to do a highly dangerous mission in which he needs to supply Russians with weapons to start a revolution in Soviet Georgia 
if he wants the safety of everyone around him. Tommy, Tommy is also in league with Princess Tatiana Petrovna, her uncle and aunt, who are Russian royalty looking to use the Peaky Blinder resources for their own benefit. In the end, Tatiana betrays her own family by having Tommy steal from them so she can escape and alleviate the Russian weight on his shoulders. But, but the, the Russian conflicts that, that arise in this, in this season aren't what leads Tommy to complete this array. When Angel Changreta starts dating Lizzie Stark, a prostitute turned Peaky Blinders assistant, the Shelby family try their very best to disrupt the, the relationship by beating up Angel to such an extent that the man is sent to the hospital bruised and slashed by the Peaky Blinder razor blades and in retaliation his father Vicente Changreta orders the death of Tommy Shelby at a charity event, but who receives the lethal bullet is his wife, mother of his son, Grace. Heartbroken and pissed off, Tommy plans on torturing Vicente and even orders his brothers, Arthur and John, to kill the wife, Audrey, who was their school teacher. Arthur and John let her live, but, but, but um, Vicente dies by the hands of Arthur when he sees Tommy in such a dangerous state of mind that he refuses to let him torture the old man and carry that with him for the rest of his life. Instead, it's Arthur who ends, who ends um, Vicente's life. There had been too much blood, Arthur and John think, but for Tommy, not enough as he still needs to eliminate the threat that his father used. His cousin Michael informs him that as a child he was in the care of the priest and even insinuates that he was abused by Hughes, so he requests permission to be the one who kills him. Tommy reluctantly agrees, but in that final episode of the season he is forced to reconsider this decision when his young son, Charles, is kidnapped by Hughes, who demands full transparency between them in regards to Tommy's negotiations with the Petrovna family, which Hughes had discovered from a leak given to him by two-faced Alfie Solomons. The stakes and the tensions are high, and it is Michael who finds the location of Tommy's kid and confronts Father Hughes. In an intense brawl between the implied pedophile and the peaky blinder, Michael is able to slay the demon in priest's clothes and get Charlie Shelby to safety. The season ends with a family meeting, where Tommy apologizes for all he put them through in the past months, but due to his actions against the people he was working for, he now has very powerful enemies who have ordered the police to arrest the, the Shelby family, Arthur, John, Michael and Polly, who become extremely angry at the patriarch, who swears he has a plan to save them as he sees his family being taken away by the officers. This season had lots 
over important plot points like death of grace and this last moment but the the antagonists to me in father hughes and the petrovna family were a tad unsatisfactory in my opinion and some of the action and conflict from each episode is already forgotten in my head i don't really remember um specific plot points in this season and sometimes I think I was a bit confused as to what the goal of each person really was. And I don't think I was alone in that. Also, this season introduced Linda as Arthur's Christian wife, who hopes to steer her husband away from sinful work and into the grace of God, which he struggles to do. And, and yeah, he's going to have a, an issue with that on the upcoming season. So let's start with season four which was amazing let me just say that right now uh here consequences are deeply felt past mistakes come back to haunt our characters and the bill comes due the murder of vicente changreta draws his son luca from the faraway land of new york where he is the leader of the changreta mob and into birmingham where he plans on acting as vendetta upon the Shelby family. Luca is played by Academy Award winner Adrian Brody, who gives a brilliant performance as this Italian gangster, a really serious threat to the Peaky Blinder family. And in the first episode of season four, Tommy is able to save his brothers, aunt and cousin from the noose, but he also loses them to to their affliction to their near to near to death experience so all of them except for michael decide to leave the business and enjoy some normal lives tommy also converses with uh, winston churchill that's what uh, lets him basically bail out the, the um, his family and um, here we get a sense of what their relationship is going to be as sort of Tommy being the informant around Birmingham and London business to Winston Churchill later on in season five that's going to be so next season that's going to be a, a, a more prominent role but here um, you see, you see how his family was torn apart by his past actions in season three, and it's only after we witness a terrible loss as John Shelby is shot down by the Changreta mob just outside his home that the Peaky Blinders reunite for this full-on war with the Italians, because now they have something to fight for for some someone to avenge basically avengers no <laughs> um tommy enlists the help of abarama gold in the fight against luca changreta whilst dealing with an internal shelby company limited issues regarding women rights in the workplace and he still hasn't recovered from the loss of his wife race there's a lot going on with tommy and um the recruitment of Abarama Gold was really uh, interesting. Um, Gold is a very 
peculiar character who is gonna show up in season five again in a more prominent role. I think I really, I really enjoyed his performance, um, and I think he gives a different taste, a different color to the show when he's around. Meanwhile, it seems as though Polly's hatred towards Tommy has grown exponentially. Not only did Tommy put her in harm's way at the end of season three, but now her son Michael is in the hospital as well because of Tommy's past actions. And Michael still defends his older cousin. So, in order to protect her boy, Polly meets with Luca, Changreta, and Self to spare her son, Arthur, and Finn, who now is much older than in season one and is able to do some Piggy Blinder work, by the way, in return for Tommy. Polly is betraying her family's trust. It seems. But later on we find out that Polly and Tommy worked out a plan to lure Luca out by using her apparent mistrust in her nephew. So yeah, so they could have the upper hand, so it was all a lie to the audience. Unfortunately, Luca just adapts to the situation and when he discovers that Polly couldn't be an ally, he turns to another of Tommy's allies, um, someone who is known for betraying people, Alfie Solomons, and convinces him to do business with the Changreta mob and, like I said, betray, once more, the Peaky Blinders. As per usually, Alfie just stabs Tommy in the back, not thinking twice, and during a rather safe boxing event, Arthur is strangled by a Changreta enforcer, he passes out, and Tommy shoots the man too late. He informs the family of Arthur's death, and all mourn the sad loss, and now the vendetta was won. Two members of the Shelby family were dead, as were Angel and Vicente Changreta, and Tommy had to give all of his business to Luca if he wished to face no more death. However, Tommy had a plan all along, and he had been in conversation with another mobster in America, someone called Al Capone, who had taken out the Changreta family overseas, and even the men working as Luca's bodyguards who were now on Tony Tommy's payroll. Just as Luca tries to kill Tommy with his bare hands, who comes in but Arthur freaking Shelby and he shoots the Italian gangster in the face. You see, it was all part of the plan. Tommy needed to make it look like Luca had killed Arthur and won to finally get the upper, upper hand. And so the threat is vanquished. But there's one more loose hand the guy who keeps on betraying Tommy, Solomons, and Tommy just tracks him down at, at a beach where they have one last respectful dialogue before the Peaky Blinder shoots Solomons. And the season ends with Tommy's new plan put in motion as he is elected the Labour Member of Parliament for Birmingham South constituency and he gets prepared to have to live a new life with Lizzie Stark, 
who had gotten pregnant from him and now has a baby girl named Ruby Shelby. And this season was just, it was wild and thrilling, really one of the best. But just let's just move on to the very last season we got. Season 5 released in 2019. So, this season follows Tommy as MP facing the Wall Street crash, which had severe implications not only for the whole country and the legal businesses of Tommy, but also for the other businesses. Michael, who had been living in America at the Shelby Company HQ in Detroit, comes back home with a spouse, Gina, who just smells like bad trouble, let me tell you. And at the House of Commons, Tommy is greeted by Oswald Mosley, who is procuring to do business with the Shelbys. Meanwhile, the son of Eberama Gold had been killed by the Billy Boys, a rival gang from Belfast, who are now threatening the Peaky Blinder business amidst the stock market crash. In this season, betrayal is another important topic again, as Tommy believes Michael had been double-crossing him while in America, and Arthur finds out that Linda, his wife, might be seeing another man. Angry Arthur confronts this other man and leaves him unrecognizable after a brutal big town and Linda finds out about this and decides to leave her husband for good. Tommy meanwhile enters a truce with the Billy Boys as there is a business opportunity for both in a shipment of pure opium in which Jimmy McCavern, leader of the Belfast gang, can be of use. And at the same time, Mosley ascertains his position as a full-on, disgusting fascist, which puts him in a really bad light, not only for the audience, but for Tommy, who makes him the priority target now. And he's looking to order a kill on him in public, um, in a way that would not make the Peaky Blinders or himself um, one of the suspects, just in order to keep his appearances and their partnership be intact. So this deserving betrayal of Mosley is aided by known betrayer Alfie Solomons, who is very much alive and living under the radar in Margate. Tommy plans on using Alfie's Jewish men to organize a riot to cover up Mosley's assassination and he wants to have a sniper take out the fastest villain. While Abarama gets his revenge and kills McCavern at last. Winston Churchill himself had heard about um, Tommy's business with Mosley how Tommy had been spying on the latter and giving intel on him to the government, and Churchill expresses joy at discovering that the Peaky Blinders are looking to eliminate Oswald Mosley since he poses an international threat to peace. As the day of the assassination approaches and a mole is definitely among their ranks, uh, because information just keeps on getting spread to their enemies, the Peaky Blinders have one final family meeting. 
where Michael angers both Tommy and Arthur by saying that the Americans don't want to deal with an old-fashioned razor gang, but with the new generation. It was, it was clear that Jaina was getting into her spouse's head. She's really... <laughs> and even though Polly is disgusted by her son's attitude towards the family, she hands Tom a resignation from the company because Michael is now a target as well and she wants no part in that. So finally, as the speech uh, ceremony begins, where Oswald Mosley will be assassinated, we get the, the sniper in position, we get Abraham Gold in position, and Tommy waiting to hear the shots and react appropriately, but just minutes before, Finn carelessly reveals to Billy Grade, a new member of the gang, information regarding that night's events, and Billy picks up a phone and seemingly calls someone to prevent the attack, which is what follows. Just as the sniper is ready to shoot Mosley, he himself gets shot, and Abraham Gold gets stabbed viciously before getting the chance to kill Jimmy McCavern. Tommy becomes agitated and confused, not knowing what just happened, and the final shot is him a few moments or some, maybe even some days after the, this event, just running through a field in the back of his mansion and pointing a gun at his own head. The end. <laughs> My god, this season dealt a lot with suicidal thoughts by part of Tommy who found out that his own mother had died by suicide and this and that this could be a curse uh, for the family and this is also the first time that a plan of his completely fails and he's left at a loss for words or strategies and the um, the character arc for Tommy in the season was really powerful like i said the, these two topics the, the suicide topic, um, I think is it is not explored as much as it should in in the media. I think it should be talked about more. I think mental health is such an important issue, something that should be um, discussed in, in school and and yeah, in, in just overall in the media. But um, wow, yeah. In regards to the show, next season is going to be very promising, very intense with the return of Sam Claflin's Oswald Mosley and his imminent threat and maybe other potential major villains. We'll see. We don't have a lot of info for now. But okay, really quickly, before I finish this episode, let me rank all five seasons based only in my opinion. So yeah, at number five, season three. Like I said before, the Russian plotline was a bit confusing for me and Father Hughes, despite being an intellectual threat at the end, wasn't really that menacing and I had some trouble following the story or even remembering some important plot points. With only the, with only having that, the, the, the most important moment being Grace's tragic death. So yeah, that's why it's at number, fi number five. 
At number four, season two, uh, to me, Sabini wasn't a remarkable antagonist. I even have a hard time picturing his face now, even, yeah. But the introduction of, um, of Alfie Solomons and Michael Gray were two really good, vital aspects of the season, and Inspector Campbell's obsession over Tommy made this season a tiny bit more compelling. At number five, season five, no, at number three, I mean, season five, <laughs> Oswald Mosley is just a despicable man, and Gina Gray, Michael's wife-to-be, is also quite revolting, in my opinion. Finn also is going to get some bad rap, because he is turning into a spoiled idiot, picky blinder, making mistake after mistake. But, 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 this season paved the way for more tragedy in the upcoming one. The sudden death of Abarama Gold at the end of episode 6 was shocking and really sad, plus exploring more of Tommy's mental instability is always an interesting way to go, especially with a character who seems so tough and sure of himself on the outside, but is dramatically crumbling on the inside. At number 2, Season 1. The original six episodes established characters, goals, backstories and relationships, all of which very appealing and just fantastically portrayed by the actors. The direction was also great by the team, like I said the cinematography was beautiful. The essence of the show, the feel and the color has been the same since this, this season. And even though Billy Kimber was somewhat unimpressive as an antagonist, Chester Campbell's growing hatred towards the Shelby family just really drove the story forward, even though his reasons tapped into jealousy some of the times, and that felt a bit odd. <laughs> but anyway, at number one, season four, with Luca Changretta as the main antagonist, I just loved this season. I think that Adrian Brody as Luca was amazing, the conflict was ruthless and relentless, and the loss of John Shelby came, at, came as a, um, a terrible surprise, a shock really. Our characters' arcs were expanded and the stakes were so very high by the end, and that's why it comes in at number one. And we have reached the end of this episode. Peaky Blinders is such an impressive piece of work. I am so glad I finally watched it so I can talk about it and patiently wait for season 6, hopefully coming by the end of the year. Fingers crossed. I hope you enjoyed my breakdown of the series. I'm still trying to figure out how to best create content for my podcast because I do know that sometimes it feels like I am not adding anything to the table, not even a personal opinion, which would be really unfair to the title. I'm gonna try on new things for the upcoming months, but for now, this has been just one more opinion with its very first late to the party episode. I have been Charlie and you have been wonderful. Take care and goodbye!